Imagine being able to ask any question about church issues and practices at any time. Imagine getting a response in 24 hours or less. Imagine a team led by Tom Rayner answering your questions. It's like having your own church consultant on staff, and it's only $14.97 per month. That's only 49 cents per day, and there's no long-term commitment. You can try it today at churchanswers.com slash subscribe. You'll also get a free virtual staff meeting led by Tom Rayner every single month. Again, join us at churchanswers.com slash subscribe. Got church questions? Get church answers. Hi, and welcome to EST. If you love the established church, this is the place to have conversations about why the established church matters, how to better serve her, and to hear stories every week about how God is using the church for His glory and our good. The show is hosted each week by Sam Rayner, Josh King, and Micah Fries. We're glad you're here. Hey, what's up? Welcome to another episode of EST. I'm joined today with the one, the only Sam Rayner in West, Southwest Florida. Sam, how's your day going? It's going good. And I am, I don't, I don't, yes, I am one. I, I don't, and probably I am only, mm-hmm. but I don't mean it in the way that you meant it. <laughs> I was walking past, some, somebody was talking to me. It was an exhibit, this exhibit thing that I was at, and they were trying to pitch why their, their program was so good, you know. And um, they said, they actually told me. Um, Are you talking about the Southern Baptist Convention? Well, I'm talking about the exhibit hall. Okay. Um, and this, the people there were not Southern Baptist, to their credit. So I'll, I'll just say that. But they said, uh, hey, it's even Dr. Rainier uses this. For, uh, you know, something <laughs> similar to it. And so I listened to their whole spill and I said, hey, just, just so you know, since you're going to be saying that over and over and over around a bunch of Southern Baptists, it's Dr. Rainier. And uh, she says. Are you are you sure? I think it's Dr. Rainier. And I said, look, I mean, you can not believe me if you want, but I'm telling you, it's not Rainier. Rainier's a mountain. Rainier, Rainier's the dude. So that is uh, that is hilarious that she wanted to argue about she, it several with you. times, several times. <laughs> and so one of the guys I was standing with, because I don't want to sit there and go, listen, I know, and this is why I know. But um, so I just said, no, I I, I promise, I I really do think this is. And the guy standing next to me goes, lady. He knows it's Rainer. Just listen to him. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I just don't want you to sound stupid. That's all. I'm just on your side on this one. So, but Dr. Rainier, I'm so glad that Dr. Sam Rainier is here on the show with us. Very, I very am. Glad. And I, whether I'm the one and only, I guess I am the one and only cause no one else. I haven't met anybody that has my name. So there we go. Micah is not with us, but I am glad you are today because uh, somebody told me, that they just listen to the podcast long enough to see if I'm the only one on, and then they just stop listening if if one of you two is not on the show with me. So that was mean. Well, whoever it was, I just want them to know that it hurt my feelings, and I cried myself to sleep on my giant pillow. So yeah, not really. I don't care. <laughs> I really don't <laughs> care at all. <laughs> why? Why would somebody say that? I think they were joking. But here's the reality: I've never once listened to their podcast, so it's all right. It doesn't bother. Oh, me it's at another all. podcaster. No, I'm not sure it was. I was just being hyperbolic and ironic. But uh, <laughs> yeah. So we're going to talk about a a listener submitted topic here this morning, but um, about transitions and when you leave a pastorate, sort of how much influence should you have on the 
other the pastor that you just left. But before we do, I want to remind all of our listeners that coming up October 4th is the first ever EST conference, and they can find out more information. Register themselves and their team. I highly suggest they bring their team. They're going to get some great resources from Rainer Publishing. They're going to get some great um, time um, with us and with Dr. Rainer, some other great resources from Cool Solutions and uh, the Church Realty experts. There's a bunch of stuff that they could get. They can find out more information at estconf.com. Estconf.com. Um, yeah, and we'd love to see them here and, October 4th. And if you're flying in, just know that Dallas is a great town. Mm-hmm. We've set up the conference to where you could potentially fly in that morning, fly out that night mm-hmm. if you need to do that. But this is one of those things, too, where you could stay the weekend or oh, you know yeah. bring your wife and you know could do something fun after the conference. I mean, I was just in Dallas, yeah, and, and the I portion. brought my wife, and we had a lot of fun. There's a lot to do in Dallas. It's a great city. Oh, yeah. And the little section where the conference will be has all the stuffs. I mean, all the restaurants you want to eat, has the, the great malls, has a great music venues, sports stuff. It's real easy to get down to see the Cowboys or something if that's sort of your interest. Um, just a lot of cool stuff. So It wouldn't be my interest, not the Cowboys. Oh, I love the Cowboys. <laughs> We're like 10 <laughs> weeks away. Um, but It's still baseball season. Cut it out, all right? I, I heard. But um, the Astros just ripped through the Rangers. Then they ripped through, what was it, Kansas City. And now they're coming for y'all. I yeah. Think the, I think the Rays are next. Go Rays. Yeah. We may, we may not be that great, but I'm going to stay loyal. The Strohs are pretty cool. So um, let's talk about transitions. I'm in my seventh year, seven and a half time, here at my first lead pastorate. I've been in full-time vocational ministry for 18 years. But I am in my first lead pastorate here for seven years. What number is Bradenton for you? How many lead pastorates? I know you had the Church of Six. Yeah. And and now you're at the Mega West Florida Church. Yeah. I, well, we're not mega, not by any stretch <laughs> of the means. Um, we're a little larger church. We're not a mega church. Um, you know, let's see. Uh, you know, uh, counting out the bivocational stuff and see, lead pastor – Actual lead pastor with the staff. One, two, three, four. I think this is four or five. Okay. Four or It's five. so many that I've lost count. How about that? Just, or you're old and you just can't remember. Dude, I'm 38. I'm getting there. The gray hair, man, the gray hair is just coming in. It's just like a fury. It's coming in. You're uh, you're only three years older than me, but I'm telling you, there's the list of things I can't eat or they will keep me up at night is growing. So I feel like I'm I'm pretty old. Yeah, I'm not quite there yet. Thankfully, (laughs) my stomach can handle. I can't do cereal at night. Ah, That's so sad. It is. I I don't know what it is. In your 30s, all of a sudden, like you just want a bowl of cereal at night, and and you know, it's like there's no way I can do that. I do know that Dr. Rainier is a big fan of a bowl of cereal at night. So, well, you know, I I grew up on my mom didn't cook. We were poor, so Mm -hmm. I grew up on processed foods. It drives my wife nuts. Yeah. When she's ever like, what do you want for dinner? I'm like, I'll just eat some ravioli out of a can. I mean, that's just <laughs> what I do. That's literally what I do. I don't even need to heat it up. Yeah. I, you know, that's just I'm how I grew you, up. Man. i with you, The barbecue from Walmart. I love that stuff. Jackie thinks that's the grossest thing in the world in the little tub. Oh, b- barbecue from Walmart. That's high class. That's <laughs> I mean, you actually you – go you go to like the deli and yeah. like – I remember when we would go to the deli and actually order hot food – Oh, it's, I, it's not even the deli, bro. I'm talking about like in a tub in the in the cold food section. So 
Oh, I, I've never had that, that before. I love that stuff. I think it's Floyd's. But anyways, we got to talk about stuff that people will actually stay listening to us. For. That's so true. We're, we're yeah, we're losing people right now. So my question is, I, my mentor says he believes we should choose the people we pass the church on to. Mm. That, that's provocative. That's I mean, that quite takes pro- away the autonomy of the local church. Yeah, that's provocative and it's presumptuous. Um, that we you would know, make the good decision? Well, if that's always – I mean, what if you've only been there a couple of years and, you know, you're moving on and for whatever reason God has just had had you – you had a short tenure – yeah, but um, I mean the transition of a lot of churches that it just it puts them way back. They lose momentum. There's a lot of maybe upswing to maybe at least being involved. Would you say? Well, okay. So one, let, let's just talk about polity. There's some denominations with some of our listeners that you know there's there's going to be very little that you can true, do in true. terms of of polity. And even moving on, I know we have a number of United Methodist. And they move on based on, you know, orders or, or, you know, I guess it's not orders. It's an appointment system. appointment system to move to the next location. And so that's a little bit different. But um, don't tune us out yet, uh, Methodist friends, because we're talking about our influence in the previous church. Yeah. And so one one is just what historically has been done. So let's say you've been there four or five years. Mm-hmm. And it's an, this is the established church podcast. So. Um, you know, and the church is a hundred years old. We need to ask yourself the question: Okay, for the previous five transitions, or two or three, or how many of her it's been in the last twenty or thirty years, you need to ask yourself the question: Like, what has been done previously? Because t- typically, that's what the church is going to want to do, regardless of what the bylaws say. They're just going to fall back into kind of whatever mode uh, they've done previously, unless you've really done your homework on changing bylaws and changing culture and changing expectations, which mm-hmm. very well may be the case. Uh, that's what I've done here at West Bradenton, but it's not always the case. And and so if you're on your way out, you know you're on your way out, um, you know, God is called, you're, you know, preaching in view of a call or whatever system you're doing to go to another church, you just need to ask yourself, okay, what, what's been done previously? That That's just step one. And if it's this whole selection process and previous pastors have never had any input I'd be careful about trying to step into that because people are just going to – they they may get quite mad at you just mm-hmm. for trying to get in the way of the system. And it's not just a matter of legalities. I'm not talking about like you know police and judges and stuff, legality. I'm just talking about like what your bylaw state. People could be upset with you just because of the emotion of it. They feel as though in some cases if it's not the appointment type of system, if, if it's sort of a free church model where you're allowed – you know, you go off and find another church um, – they feel a lot of times like you left. You yeah, like you betrayed so them. Don't stick your face back in here if you didn't want your face back in here in the first place. I think that's, and I think that's a valid kind of assumption, or um, that's a that's an understandable place to feel. So. I, I would I, listen. I totally, I totally get the the that perspective, uh, that mm-hmm. emotion. You know, so when you leave, you're, there's going to be a lot of emotions around it. I mean, there's going to be people that inside are just like cheering. Like, <laughs> yes, Finally, they're gone. We can go forward. We can. He was I hope worst. I get on the search committee so that I can actually yeah. get a pastor that I like. Right. Um, that's part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's going to be some that are devastated because they felt like you were their pastor. And, the fourth you know, person you, in the Trinity. Well, I mean, it could be that you dedicated their children and then mm-hmm. you baptized that child. Um, Buried their mom. You were there for their parents yep. when, mm-hmm. you know, a tragedy hit. I mean – 
there's going to be some that are dev- – some will cheer, some will be devastated, and there's going to be a whole lot of people in between that will just go – they'll shrug their shoulders and go, okay, that was a good season. On to the next one. Um, and, and so you know, I'm all about secession planning, and there's a lot of people out there that are parading that around as kind of something to oh, do. it's a high market right now. It is, it, yeah. and I get it, and I, it's a valid thing to consider. But you also have to look at your church, how long you've been there. A lot of our listeners are younger um, not all of them, but a lot of them are. You know, if, if this is your third transition, you're 33 years old, and th- you're currently at an established church and you've been there three or four years, quite frankly, the, your level of input's going to be quite minimal mm-hmm. and probably should be. Um, now, if you've been there 20 or 30 years and you know you're retiring, that's a different thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, your influence there will happen way before you even leave, which is honestly where I think it should be. So if you are, you know, we people call it different things. There's the the bus, hit by a bus mentality. If you were hit by a bus, how would this thing keep going? You know, make sure that you plan these things. And that's really Where did that I, phrase come from? You know, to be honest, I think it was Mark Driscoll. I mean, he said it a lot. He had that kind of idea. And, no, uh, but it had to predate Driscoll. I'm just curious. I think so. The, the, what is the etymology? Of the saying, where did it? You know, where did it, it come hit from? By a bus. Like, oh, I don't know because that. I mean, applying it to the philosophy of of secession, I think is Driscoll. But just the idea of being hit by a bus being a random thing that might happen to you, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of morbid. Like it's, it's there must have been a point urban. in our culture somewhere where or, people were literally getting hit by buses, like enough to make it a worry for people. Yeah, I've never. I've never really thought about that. Yeah, but it, it it's kind of a strange saying. But what I'm saying about it is that, um, you know, so if I was to leave Saxe, I have a lot of confidence that, a, you know, a good measure of the momentum would not shift away from the direction we've been going. Obviously, I have a certain kind of personality, and a lot of people have different types of personalities, but we established bylaws that have a system for replacing me. We have a very solid, ingrained sort of culture here, what we expect, what we do. The staff, the ministries are built around that. The elders are the ones who would bring the name of the new um, lead elder to to the church. And so um, my level of influence is already established. What I think that becomes sort of dicey, particularly in our social media um, climate, is I'm not talking about that. I influenced the possibility of the future, and I meant to do that. That's I think good pastoring looks forward and says, you know, if I'm not here, I want to entrust. We also have things in our bylaws in case the church as a majority votes against our faith statement. We literally have a statement in there that says that if they vote to change the faith statement substantially, then the the losing party retains ownership to the buildings and things because our assets are being invested into what we believe. And so we've thought far ahead in case things were to change. Yeah. That's quite a scenario that you've outlined. Well, you know, in our Baptist circles, people, we've seen it a number of times, I guess over in our region, but it's happened in Baptist circles because we are voting voter driven. And so we've seen intentional takeovers where a group of people with a certain philosophy or certain mentality will go into a Baptist church, all join vote and change because they have the majority and it's particularly in smaller churches. So we wanted to make sure that the investment we're doing, the assets that we have 
stay with what we believe and the mission that we already have established. That's what we're investing in, not necessarily. I know, but that went on a, a tangent. Um, the So what I'm talking about is, let's say you go on. So you're in Florida now. Let's say some some beautiful church for whatever reasons off in Denver calls Sam and you're off, you're off pastoring in, in Denver now. Um, barely that would be an adjustment. No oxygen. Right. There's no beach, no oxygen. And, um, but you're getting on Facebook and you're like, Oh no, y'all shouldn't hire that guy. Or, you know, you need to fire so-and-so I would have done it, but I was afraid, you know, that sort of influence. What do you think the level of that should be? If any? Yeah. So one, um, Nothing on social media in terms of trying to influence your previous church. I mean, literally nothing. That is not the way to go about it. If you're using social media to sway or influence a previous church, you are way off target. That is completely the wrong way to do it. Um, Now, one, I think that if you're already gone, you've already made the transition, you, in order for you to, to have any level of influence in any way on a previous church, you need to be invited back in, meaning the elders call you, a committee calls you, a, you know, staff calls you and says, hey, we know you've recently exited, but we need to bring you back into whatever this is um, to get your opinion on it. And at that point, you're more consultant than you are pastor. Uh, the last thing that you want to do is try to pastor two churches. You, you, you need to cut those ties, and it needs to be a pretty clean break if you're moving on to something else. If God has called you somewhere else, you need to act like it. You don't need to be trying to... Inf- it's not fair to your new church to try to influence your previous church. You're, they're not, your new church isn't getting all of your um, brain power and all of your energy. Mm-hmm. Um, so on rare occasions, and I mean rare, you might get invited back in for a particular thing or a particular, um, you know, situation, which mm-hmm. is fine. Um, you you do what you're asked, and then you then you quickly move on. And I, I do mean quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, no to social, no to social media, absolutely. Right. I would have that conversation with whatever leadership you're leaving behind, and saying, "Look, I'm not going to get involved in this unless you ask me. So don't take it offensively if I'm just not chiming in. I want you to know." I'm not getting involved in this because I think it's better. And I, you know, and I believe in you guys. I think you can make the right decisions. I believe you're indwelled with the Holy Spirit and you can make God honoring, follow his leadership and, and you'll be fine. But, um, sometimes I would, I would, I think I would have that conversation with the next person. Now, like I said, I've never, this is my first pastor. This is my only pastor. I have been, um, tried to be pulled back in in situations where I left an associate pastorate or student pastorate and I get this message that says oh pastor's trying to hire this guy you know and I don't think that's a good idea what do you think and I just say look that's not my call you gotta you gotta follow the leadership of your church and yeah absolutely and so you, yeah you never want to get sucked back into that and usually the people who are sucking you back into that don't mean good that they, exactly. If if you've just recently left, like say two, three, four months have passed and you're getting that phone call, likely the person calling you has malicious intent mm-hmm. involved. And with you jumping back into something, you will create quite a toxic mm-hmm. situation at your previous church because you will inevitably create sides by jumping back in. So. Again, like I said, rarely. I mean, it's a rare thing that you would get called back into something. Could be a personnel issue. Could be 
um, a budget issue, usually it's something very, very specific that they need your input on, almost like, hey, you were a witness to this. We need your testimony. Mm -hmm. In those cases, I would think that it would probably be okay, but in the vast majority of cases, yeah, don't don't jump back into a previous church. In fact, you're 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 just not being fair to your new church, and you're not transitioning well if you're hanging on. Nobody likes that guy, right? No, n- nobody wants to be that person. Don't hang on. You gotta you gotta cut the ties. Let's flip the script here just a little bit. I think this is a growing thing. I'm sure you have the statistics on it, but. There are a number of younger pastors that are stepping into a pastor in which the previous pastor is has not vacated the scene. He um, or they are either you know retiring and they're still living in the community, or they have moved to a different seat on the bus. Maybe they now have the title of pastor emeritus. I think that this is a growing trend. I think it's happening more and more than it even did in the past. And statistically, with the generational divide. It seems like it may happen even more as we go forward. What do you have as far as advice for a person who is coming into a pastorate and uh, the previous pastor is still around? Do you have any advice on how to handle that influence? (laughs) Be very, very careful. Don't take that church? (laughs) Well, frankly, yeah. I mean, yeah. I know guys, I know people that that say that. They just will not take that church. Yeah, if if there is a pastor emeritus on the website— And your church and that church calls me. Will you consider being our pastor? My first answer is absolutely no way. Nope. Not doing it. Hmm. Um, yeah, that is a scary proposition that you know there would be a pastor emeritus still present, still there, still influencing. I'm like not saying living could, on the I, campus, still getting a salary. Oh no, that's yeah. something different. Well, yeah. if it's all that, then the answer is absolutely no. I'm not <laughs> taking that gig because he's still the pastor. He, you just changed his and title. And that's the reality. The the person is still the pastor, still the leader of that church. And so but you know, let's say that God says do it. So any advice well, on that? I've got a f- couple ideas, but yeah. I'd love to hear what you say. Well, you know, I, I came to West Bradenton and one of the previous pastors came back. He's retired, he's older. Um he's not a pastor emeritus. He actually leads one of our life groups. But, I mean, he's up in years, but still able to do some teaching and things like that. He's not really much to preach anymore, just just can't. Um, but it's been a great situation. Brother Bob is his name. He's an awesome man. So in my case, it actually worked out. But he left for a decade. And then when I came on board, it was his way of letting the older folks in our congregation know, hey, Sam's all right. Mm-hmm. Sam's, you know, Sam's younger, but he's going to be okay. And it, it has actually really helped me uh, in my leadership here. And a lot of our older people have said that. They said, well, since Brother Bob is back, we, we actually – and because he has put in his support towards you, we're, we're going to do the same. So in my case, it was good. But having a, an existing pastor emeritus there in title, in staff, on, you know, on the website as a formal position, yeah, that's, that's a – that's a dangerous. That's a dangerous church. It, it very, very rarely would it work out for you. I, I don't know of a case where it's worked out well. I actually know of one case where it worked out really great. Another case where it worked out really badly. And in both cases, my assessment, and it wasn't like I wasn't completely involved, knew all the people and those sort of things. But my assessment was the problem rested in the heart of the new younger pastor. 
um, or the, the, the benefit rested in the heart of the new young pastor. Now, of course, this isn't across the board. I actually saw another case in which it was probably the pastor emeritus that really caused the issues. But uh, I'll just give, and this is my advice, be intentional. The first case where it worked out real well, that pastor emeritus really, he, he, he predominantly went fishing and hung out. He came and preached whenever somebody else didn't want to. And the younger pastor had no apprehensions about, you know, the older generation really gravitating towards him. They wanted the pastor emeritus to do their funerals. They wanted him to show up at their hospital visit. And he just embraced that and said, you know, that's great. And he's a good guy. And I love him being around because, you know, the reality is that means he didn't have to do all of that sort of stuff. So he had somebody to help along. And that was really good. I've also seen some intentionality with don't ignore him. If he's there, you know he's there. So don't <laughs> right. ignore him. Take him to Thursday morning pancakes every Thursday morning and just spit. Don't, don't give over the leadership to him, but listen and say, so when y'all moved to this location, what was the thought behind that? Or, you know, those sort of things. And I have found over and over and over again as a young minister, older ministers – become major allies when you will just listen to the stories ask them the stories and let and they become just major allies it's it's Mm -hmm. not like i've just seen that repeatedly these 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 people who have led churches for decades didn't do so maliciously they they love that church they love the lord they love you they love the future they they truly love they're just maybe having a hard time adjusting to change if they've sat in a seat for say 30 years they have long ingrained emotion into that place and that building. It's hurtful if somebody comes up and just kind of kicks them off to the ground and say, "Hey, now you go down to, you go down and, and clog up, you know, Sam Streets in Florida, and leave me here to do kind of what I need to do." So I think intentionality is something there. On the reverse of that, I saw a young pastor just get so, um, what do you call it, like insecure just so insecure about all of the ways that those people were gravitating towards him and ended up that that grew a root of bitterness that just broke that relationship. Neither of them ever did anything to their credit. Neither of them ever did anything malicious or mean towards the other one. They just never really, I thought, capitalized on the potential that they both had there. So I, I just say, like, if God has called you there, then God already knows the situation with that. So be intentional about building that relationship, same way you would with the old, deacon that's sitting there and and you know the the old uh sunday school teacher or whatever right well and the other thing that i would add as as you transition is to make sure that you say goodbye well um particularly if the church is going to let you do that previous church yeah yeah yeah, the previous as you're on on your way out make sure you say goodbye well Mm. um so i you know i i had one church that didn't let me say goodbye (laughs) um they just pushed me out and i never got a chance to (laughs) <laughs> I never got a chance to say anything. Uh, that's a whole other podcast topic. Uh, if they'd have given um, you the mic, I'd have called them all poopy heads. <laughs> I'm yeah. Kidding. You would have been nice. Yeah, they deserve much worse than just poopy head. <laughs> but, um, but at least one part of the church, not all of them. Mm. Uh, but, uh, you know, I've also had another case where God really just called me on, and, and it was a healthy transition. And I wrote uh, – it, it was a small – I've only pastored in two small towns. I'm a city guy, I like cities. But uh, God brought me to two small towns to stretch me. And in one of them, um, I, wrote, uh, I wrote a goodbye in, into the local paper and a goodbye to the church, goodbye to the community. 
um, made sure that I reached out to key members, people that had really been my advocate and took them out to lunch and dinner and hung out a lot and had them over at my house. Um, you know, I tried to do all it was it was a bit of a whirlwind because I tried to do all of that in about 30, 30 days because I'm not trying to hang on either. So you don't sure. want to you know, you don't want a six month farewell party. Um, right. th- that's just arrogant and wrong. Um, but, you know, for 30 days, I just really focused in on just saying goodbye and saying it well and, and letting them know that once I'm gone, I'm gone. And here's the thing, you know, after you transitioned, like, so your first year after you're gone, you're pretty much hated because you left. People feel betrayed. And it's understandable. I mean, you get I get the feelings. Mm-hmm. The second year, it goes quiet because by that time, they've got typically a new pastor. Everyone's excited about whoever the new pastor is. Um then year three or four will roll around, and people will start messaging you on messaging you on Facebook or finding you somehow. And then you know you you are way more loved after you're gone. Oh yeah, than when you were there. Like they look back on things that you did, you know, and they they kind of look at it through rose colored lenses, and and they think that you're you're way way better than you are. Year two um, is when you see those Facebook posts about we finally have the best pastor in the world. We finally got a good pastor that can preach, you know, that sort of stuff. Oh yeah. Well, you're going to, you're going to see that. And and inevitably (laughs) some people are going to like you better and another person, you know, another group may like another pastor better. I mean, you just got to live with that. That's just reality. Yeah. You're going to connect with some people and not others. And then new pastor will come in and all the people that, you know, you thought were, you know, your greatest antagonists, all of a sudden they become the greatest, assets to the new pastor just because they connect better that that happens you just mm. you got to get over yourself there you hey, got to be secure you, you can't be insecure you got to be more secure in yourself but I have a question yeah what if the new pastor calls you okay so that was the other thing i was going to say yeah is anytime i've transitioned i've always called previous pastors always 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 um if if you're not doing that you're crazy right um the place that I kind of got the boot from, not kind of, <laughs> I got fired. The poopy uh, the, the, yeah, the new The new pastor uh, did not call me. Mm-hmm. He never reached out to me. And now now I'm, you know, like three, four years removed and uh, from the situation and from the church. And people are like calling me, contacting me saying, oh, we don't like this guy. We, we prefer you, blah, blah, blah. And of course, I do everything I can to diffuse all of that. Right. Yeah. Please uh, tell me more. Tell me more. No, yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to get into any more any more uh, details. Yeah. But had he called me, I would have saved him a lot of heartache. Yeah. A lot of heartache. Mm-hmm. Um, always, always, always call the previous pastors if you can get two or three back, even better. And just you know, you don't you're not looking to get gossip or dirt on the church, but you do need to know. All right, you know what's happened. Were there any, what were the big issues, good and bad? What happened that was really good? What happened that was really bad? Are there any any players involved, influencers that I need to know about, good mm-hmm. or bad? And get names, um, you know, and write those names down and just pay attention. Because uh, the reality is, and, and keep in mind personalities, because you know you and I have a different personality, and you could go to a church and it just be a dumpster fire because your personality doesn't mesh with them and then i could go and it'd be just wildly successful because the way my personality and my mind that has nothing to do with the way we preach or how smart we are as pastors it's just sometimes personalities with those key players also you could follow a guy who um it was a dumpster fire but they were able to slay a couple dragons that once you take it 
um, the dragons aren't there. You know, the and so keep trying to listen to the reality of the story instead of just, you know, people saying, oh, that, that, that place is horrible. You don't want to go there. You know, it's just you just got to kind of balance all of that in, correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, balance is key in any transition. You you may you may get a call from a church and you transition, and it's just to a particular place that you love. Like you mm-hmm. get called to a geography. Mm. Um, it's like, oh, wow, this city that I've always thought I, God would call me to, there, it's actually happening. Any mm-hmm. other church may be a dumpster fire. Uh, but you're going because God has called you to that place. Mm-hmm. Um, but... W- but really, I mean, you should always leave well, always. And, and that's on you. That's not on the church. Mm-hmm. It's completely on you. Um, even even when you get pushed out, leveraged out, fired, whatever, you can still yourself leave yeah. well and leave with integrity and leave with class. You know, don't create fires on your way out. Don't badmouth. The, the worst thing you can do is badmouth people from the pulpit or from social media especially the pulpit. I mean, I've heard of guys doing that. That's just wrong. It, it, yeah, the border's on evil. It tastes I mean, sweet, but it'll give you upset stomach. Don't do yeah, that. Yeah, don't, don't let your last sermon, don't vomit on everyone on your last sermon. Uh, it's, just, it's just a bad, bad thing to do. Um, so leave well. Leave with class. Leave with optimism. Leave, with, leave them with hope. Uh, you know, you've you're, you got to shepherd on the way out, and the way you shepherd on the way out is to, 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 to do so with class. Yeah. Um, so that's all the time we have for right now. Love to hear your thoughts as listeners on our Twitter. So get on to Twitter or Facebook. We are at EST Church. And as we said at the top of the show, love to see you here in Dallas, October 4th. Get more information, register yourself or your team or both at estconf.com. Thanks so much, Sam. Have a good one, bro. Later. All right. Talk to y'all later. Peace. You've been listening to EST, a discussion for the established church. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher. Thanks for listening. Support for EST is sponsored by Pastor Talk by Lifeway. Join host Marty Dern as he interviews pastors, professors, authors, and other ministry practitioners. Pastor Talk gives you tools and encouragement to shepherd your flock well. Subscribe to Pastor Talk in iTunes or your favorite podcatcher or listen online at lifewaypastors.com.